When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good afternoon, grappling fans. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One. Hope you all have had a great week and are looking ahead to some good times. Uh, man, we have a very, very exciting guest today. But before we get into that, we got to talk some more grappling updates. There's competition. It is back. And uh, on the horizon, we have a couple of really fun events. We've been talking about Fight to Win a lot. Uh, this weekend, we have Fight to Win 141 with Rafael Lovato Jr. versus Arnaldo Maidana in the main event. Yep. And then Edwin Najmi versus Benson Henderson in the co-main. Those are two sick matches. Oh, yeah. And then the week after that, we got uh, Fight to Win 142 with three really good matches. Mateus Gabriel versus uh, Lucas Valente in the Gi. You got a world champ from last year versus a silver medalist from different weight classes. Gabby Garcia versus Kendall Rusing Nogi, which is a really good matchup. And then, what's the other one? Johnny Tama versus Dante. That's correct. Yeah. I love all those matches. You know, it's great to see Gabby back in action. You know, she's she's super dominant, does really well at fight to win, and Kendall is a new face at the black belt level. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that challenge go down. It's gonna uh, be really cool. Oh uh, yeah, we got another another announcement coming soon. There's gonna be another who's number one event coming soon. It's it's just about finalized, so stay tuned for that. But let's get to our guest. Got joining us from somewhere in California, La Habra, California, maybe. I don't know. Where are you at in California, Lucas? I'm in Diamond Bar right now. I'm in Bark. <laughs> Lucas Leach, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine, you know. Of course, like all jiu-jitsu coach right now, and it's kind of hard, hard situation to deal. We don't know the future, how it's gonna be when we ready to open as a normal business. How the students gonna react? How the new supposed to be new students, the guys that never did jiu-jitsu, how they're going to feel about training jiu-jitsu that is so close contact when everybody talk about social distance, jiu-jitsu is the opposite of that. So as I, I think every jiu-jitsu coach, everybody that own an academy right now is a little bit yeah. worried, yeah. a little bit anxious about what's the future we like for us. But no, that makes sense. I, that makes sense. Like I, like, I, we all just think about competition and this and that, but that's a very good point. T- thinking about people who are going to join it now at this point, it's probably probably some people are going to be a little scared for a little while. It's a very, very good point I hadn't considered. Yes, I think it. But I, I try to be positive. I try like also when you not allowed to do something, that's when you want to do it. You know, and <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like true. a lot of. Yes, and a lot of students then already know jiu-jitsu. They keep a message, coach, let's train him, please. I want to train. I don't care about that anymore. Uh, my mind's not going well. So like I told you before the interview, like I have a lot of students that, you know, they show like 
jiu-jitsu is a little bit like medicine. Sometimes they, they even took a prescription for depression and all that. So they took jiu-jitsu from them and stay and keep them by themselves. Some people are young people. Not most of those guys I noticed then then have depression and, and have to get to be medicated. They're young people, not not so young, but they live together single. So that depression go worse with the 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 social distance and no training. So those guys, I, I try to do a small group or private because I feel like I really help them to take the stress out, to be less depressed by doing some sport. But those that never train jiu-jitsu are actually, I don't know how the people are going to react. I feel like, yeah, it's going to take some time for, you know, we have a new business coming, new people that never, they don't know who is Bushesha or those guys, I will feel like they're going to, be a little bit worried about training right now. Yeah, you never know. There's a lot of people with a lot of energy out there though right now that 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 can't wait to get out there and start exercising and doing stuff too. Though. So that's that's going to be a factor as well. What did you think about? We just had competitions come back last week with Fight to Win. Did you watch that? Yes, yes, I watched. Uh, I was sharing for Gabriel Almeida. Uh, even then, I'm a big fan of Hobbit too. But I'm training for Gabriel Almeida almost every week. Actually, we used to train for a long time when Thiago Sá brought him from Brazil. He was a purple belt, so he's a very close to me. And, and I know how tough he is and special for those rules. He's a very submission. He always try find submission, you know, from everywhere. And I remember even like before when he was a purple belt, I used to tell him that sometimes he had to control the position a little bit. And then when you go to the submission, you have a more chance to actually get it. But I know how he's very good and very excited athlete for a fight to win rules. So I will, and, and, and the match was super great match. One of the best match of the night, in my opinion, was that match. Because both athletes, they go after submissions and a lot of movements. So I really enjoy watching that match. Lucas, it, um, it's the fact that competition has come back, was that a bit of a relief? I know everyone's been really stressed out. You know, for me, I know it was like a big sort of return to some kind of normal life. Like, okay, fight to wins on. I feel, I feel better now. Like, was that a sentiment or uh, something that you thought was happening? Yeah, I feel like I was proud of all my sport because first UFC, I know it's not jiu-jitsu, but it's kind of fight too, you know, martial arts. And I think that was the first shoe sports that I saw after two months, you know. So I'm, I was proud to be part of those sports and all with all progression and all, you know, following the guidelines. And that was also important to see how we was able to provide a, a, a competition. I know it's a super fight then it's easier to, to follow the guidelines than a normal bracket tournament, I think. But yes, I was very proud of our sport and very glad from Fight to Win and Flow Grappling to, to make it happen, you know. I even told my, my family in Brazil because my family is very like, oh, you have to stay home, blah, blah, blah. And I was like always, yeah, like that political games a little bit. So I was sure, look, Jiu-Jitsu is back. And they were happy. They were happy for me too because I was worried on the first two first uh, uh, first two weeks. I, I didn't know yeah. what I, I had to do. cancel ten seminars and not just me, but probably 
a lot of guys, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it was tough times, but now because the competition, the, the, the fight win competition also giving me hope that we are going back to normal little by little. Yeah. Yeah. So this weekend we have uh, an event coming up. It's a pretty cool event. We've got Edwin Najmi's fighting uh, Benson Henderson, former UFC champ, and then uh, Lovato Jr. versus one of your teammates, Arnaldo Maidana. What do you think about that event? Man, that's, of course, I, I go for Arnaldo. Even that I'm a big fan of Lovato. I myself compete against Lovato one time, and, and I've been training for Arnaldo. But, again, both, both, both fighters are very nice to watch. You know, Arnaldo have a very sleek omoplata, sleek submission. And Lovato, I'm a fan of Lovato because he's, his basic foundation of special pass, kimuras, and stuff that I, I play, you know, like when you guys training for me, you guys will feel like I, I like that style, you know. Sweep, pass, mount, finish. Sweep, pass, back, and finish. That's a little bit what I believe, not what I believe, but what I like to do it. I'm not one guy then go to random submissions. I was always a guy then like to position, then submission. So, uh, so going to be amazing to watch those. Like, I don't know. I'm excited to see. We had um, Shanji Ribeiro and Lovato on uh, today, actually, that, that episode's going out. And they mentioned that uh, Arnaldo's best shot might be in the transition, you know, like in, in a, a quick movement, you know, a quick attack, where if Lovato gets on top and starts doing the pressure, that's where he would be successful. Where, where do you see Arnaldo's like, strengths being in this match? I, I think Arnaldo's strength will be uh, if he's able to control uh, Lovato on his guards, using maybe the close guard or a very strong grip where he can avoid then Lovato going to progress to counter the half guard to then work his position. So I think Arnaldo to win the match, he will have to, you know, uh, I think he's going to play bottle because Lovato have a very good takedown. Even then Arnaldo do some takedown too, but I, I feel like, that probably gonna end up with Arnaldo pulling guard. And if Arnaldo is able to really close Lovato on his guard, maybe a close guard or a, a strong grip guard, and don't let Lovato get in an angle to he can progress to conquer the half guard, that's when I think he, Arnaldo have a chance to work the chokes and work work his omoplata. Yeah, and Lovato, yeah, keep going, Lovato. On the other hand, if he's able to shut down Arnaldo attacks and little by little starts progressing to conquer Arnaldo half guard and starts playing his game, knees like crossing to the pass or the mount, that's when it's a problem for Arnaldo. Yeah, Arnaldo is sort of like, to a lot of people, he's sort of an unknown. But if you go look at, if anyone goes looks at his BGJ heroes, he has beat some really good people over the years. He beat Gaudio, he beat Hanger. Who else did he beat? Hulk. He beat a, a yeah, bunch yeah. of good guys. When we, when, if you look through his his list, and then uh, the other one, the co-main event is, I mean, just it's it's not one of your teammates, but just from watching jujitsu, Edwin versus Benson Henderson is a pretty fun one, huh? In the gi as well. Yeah, that was fun. Uh- I 
Do we have any idea if it's their end or our end? Got to be him, right? But it's weird because it, it's weird because it's so it's so solid while he's talking. What happened though? It, it went it went from a two box to one to uh, just me and Chase. While he was, uh, there he is. Yeah. All right. Go two box now. All right. So I'll kick that question back off. I don't, I don't know, know what's what going on. That's my Wi-Fi. I don't know. My Wi-Fi is okay. It seems like but... it's okay. But Caleb, go two box yeah. so that we can see him. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think Edwin gonna have more chance to win that fight, special because also he's much more. He, I think he attack more submissions from everywhere, from wide, from top, flying triangles. So on that rule set, I think it will be will be the victory will the, the winner will be Edwin. But we're gonna be very excited because. Anderson really put up a, a, a hard fight, you know, every time then he show up to compete. So it will be fun to watch. It's a very good, very good. Uh, both both fights will be fun to watch. And then next week then, we have, like we had just talked about, uh, one of your students, one of your training partner students, Mateus Gabriel, IBJJF oh, World yeah. Champion. He's going to be fighting Lucas Valente, who is an IBJJF World Silver Medalist, a weight class above Mateus, so it makes it really interesting. What do you think about that matchup? Yeah, so uh, Mateo's always asking me, me and Casey, should I fight this guy? Should I fight? I say, yes, you should. You know, like, I know Lucas is a runner-up for championship silver medal. Yeah. And he's yeah. fighting lightweight, where, where Mateo's fighting featherweight. And, and again, fight to win is a totally different rule set than IBJJ. So I, it's very hard to see, to know who's going to win on that match. Of course, I'm going for Mateus Gabriel. Uh, Mateus Gabriel is one guy that, if you realize, he's a very, he's a young guy, phenomenal, then he already made it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even like Lucas Valenti, he almost made it. He, he's still good. But Mateus Gabriel, people, I don't think people realize that. Like, let's say when we see, when we talk about Nenego or Lucas Protasio. They are not much younger than Mateus Gabriel. They are like two years younger than Mateus Gabriel. Wow. And Mateus Gabriel, wow. he's already world champion, Pan Am's champion, Spider, uh, runner-up champion, uh, veteran on ADCC, brown belt champion. So, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. He, he's, a, he's so young and he's already... He have titles and he he have accomplished like a, a thirty years athlete have you know, mm-hmm. so I really don't know what the future is for this guy. Like everybody, every day he's better in the training, and I know for sure on featherweight nobody can beat him on IBJJ rules. Like I mean, not for sure. Of course, every day is a different day, but I'm very. I was like. 95% and Mateo's going to win the Pan Ams and going to win the awards again this year. Because he's much better now than he was last year. Mm-hmm. If you ask Buchecha, Panza, they're going to tell, man, Mateus Gabriel is better now than one year ago. But one year ago, he already was the best in the world on featherweight. So sometimes I feel like the people don't realize that. Like a lot of young talents, they are from brown belts. And purple belts like Roberto, even Robert, Roberto Jimenez, uh, Gabriel Almeida, Nenego, yeah. Lucas Protasio, they are like two years younger than Mateus Gabriel. And Mateus Gabriel is already made it. He already, 
you know, or when we are jiu-jitsu athletes, world champion black belts and ADCC title, that's your goal, you know? Like when, if you get a, a guy in the blue belt right now from Atos, Alliance, or Checkmates, you ask him, what is your goal in jiu-jitsu? A lot of guys kind of joking, but they say, oh, if I won the world champion as a black belt one time, I'm retiring. You know, like that's, that's the goal. And Mateus Gabriel did that, not just the words, but the penance. He beats everybody, Jamil, Queixinho, uh, 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 Johnny Gripo. You know, he beats Jonathan from AOJ on the Spider. He beats Edwin, and they are both fights lightweight. Mm -hmm. And now he's competing against lightweight guys, and he's like 20 years old, you know, 21 years old. Wow, she, 21. So a crazy I mean, record at color belt, too. Like he was a, 100 matches in zero, like 100 wins in a row or something crazy as a purple belt, I remember. Insane. Yeah. Uh, yes. And and he's so I feel like he 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 wanna win he gonna win that match and and more than just win he gonna bring a nice nice fight you know I always tell that for the the the, the athletes and fight fight win because sometimes they complain about the ref decision oh Lucas look this you don't gonna say nothing say look ref decision and fight win I will never complain about the ref decision first. The names say everything. Ref decision. If you let for the ref decision, it's his decision. So I tell the guys, fight to win. You have to fight to try the submission, to put at a show. If you lose by ref decision, don't complain. Don't come and talk to me. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, so I told, same thing I told Mateus Gabriel. I say, Mateus, go to the fight. Put your best game on. Let your jiu-jitsu flow. But if he, you don't finish him and he don't finish you, don't complain about the ref decision. It's part of fight on fight win. It's because I feel like every ref sees different, you know? Yeah. Every ref, yeah. yeah, sometimes the ref is more like a, a takedown style, smashing pass. And the other ref, he loves beating bolo and back attacks. And then one guy take the guy down, slam, almost pass. But then the guy beating Bolo and try a foot lock. And so one ref feels like, oh, no, this guy fought better, in my opinion. The other guy felt different. So no point, it's no sense for me complaining about ref decisions and fight win or ref decisions on the match is draw, you know? Like, the name say everything. It's the ref decision. Just be happy, shake the guy's hand, and go back to train. Yeah, I had this discussion with people after the last fight to win that, hey, if it goes to a ref's decision, I mean, anything can happen, right? You got you to go out there and, and seal it in the, in the time. But uh, Mateus is a submission hunter. Mateus, I mean, he won by submission in the Black Belt World Finals, which is something you don't see very often. Especially These, at Featherweight. I know. It's, this is, uh, I think submission-only rule sets is, pre is pretty good for him, don't you think? Yes, I think it's good. And, and even Lucas, Lucas too, uh, Lucas Valente, is also, he liked the triangle, he liked the the foot lock is is going to be interesting because both athletes they finish from bottom. Mateo sometimes does the, the, the finish than he did on the final. He was from the top. But, with yeah. Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and even from against uh, what uh, against on the final. Marcio Andre. Oh yeah, Marcio yeah, Andre. Yeah. That was the final. Yeah. Yeah, he did a, a, a submission from the top, from half guard from the top. 
Then he always tried to do it for me, but I defend. He make a joke, say, Lucas, I can never get you. But actually, last week, he got it. And my arm is like, yeah, he's very, <laughs> he have, yeah, he have the Manaus style of working like flash, aggressive submission, wrist lock, catranca on the arm, you know, he have that style, you know? Yeah. So it would be, <laughs> it's always nice to watch it, those both athletes fight. But I mean, I told Mateus, I say, Mateus, Pay attention because also, I, in my opinion, that fight, who is in bottle game, gonna win, you know? I feel like who playing bottle between Mateus Gabriel and Lucas have advantage right now, you know? Because both guys have a very strong guard, very different style. Lucas have more that, how I can say, patient, grips, very flexible guard. When you, he lets you smash you, but you can never actually make it turtle or getting on the side control. And then he set up like, like a spider guard, you know, more patient and then triangle, homoplatas. Where Mateus Gabriel have like a, it's a different way his guard. He's very, he kick you, he drag, he go to homoplata, he go to beating bolo, he go to catranca, very aggressive. You know, it's very hard to control Mateus Gabriel's leg. He's, he's, so I, I think both athletes will fight to, to be on bottle. That's, that's what I think the fight is going to be. For sure. And then, I mean, you've got – so you talked about training with Mateus Gabriel. You have a, a, a hell of a crew of young guys training with you out there at, in La Habra. Who all is out there training regularly with you? Yeah, so we have the Jackson guy, Matias Luna and Mateus Luna. Then also, man, Matias and Mateus are – so hard to do anything with them. They're getting bigger have, too. They're bigger. They tall. Like yeah. My ex guard get much better now because it's, it's almost impossible sweep this guy on, on ex guard. They open their legs and but they are different style than Mateus Gabriel. They are more like how, how I can explain. Maybe like Lucas Lepri passing more slow. He he he. They wait till you set up the guard, then they start to defend. And then you get frustrated in the pass, where Mateus Gabriel is more like, hum, hum, like explosion, you know. But then we have Jackson, a guy. Now Lucas Protasio is here with us, too. Wow. Uh, Lapella, me, Paulo is a, is a brown belt. Uh, yes, and then we have uh, uh, my students, too, Lapella students. So, yeah, basically, like from the black belts, is my guy, Lunas. Mateus Gabriel, me and Lapella. And so yeah, he's a very tough training. He's very very fun. What are you uh what are you doing to shape these guys' individual career paths? Do you have uh, specific uh game plans that you teach certain athletes or do you have like a general class that they all learn the same techniques for? You know, how do you you have such a high level group of guys in the same room? How is everyone focused on getting better? How do you lead that? So, um like 2 years ago it was easier because they were lower belts, you know. Now they are so good, it's hard to teach them because I, like, I learn more from them than they learn from me now in jiu-jitsu, you know, like they, they have that specific game. But I try, I remember like one year and a half ago, I was talking to Matias, uh, Fabricio is a, a black belt also that helped us a lot. And Mateus Gabriel, I was like, you know what? Let's try see what's the best team doing. You know, like see what Alliance doing, 
what Leo and Harry Cotter's checkmate doing, what André Galvão doing, what Cicero Costa doing, and units. I try to get these five academies. And I try mix, you know, I feel like Atos, they are training maniacs, you know, they, 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 they training hard morning, afternoon, you know, alliance, very organized, uh, 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 respect the older black belts, you know, uh, they, they, they very organized and see who gonna fight in each division. And then Cicero Costa guys, I feel like they're very like, uh, they, they, they don't have one, they have Cicero Costa, but everybody teach everyone, you know, mm -hmm. Cicero Costa, you know, like one day Miao probably show something another way back on the days. And so I, I tell, do that with the guys, you know, like we have two days a week, one hour, just drills and not, it's not me then go, okay, we're going to do this position and that position. No. Every day I choose someone, so Mateus Gabriel, then Mateus Gabriel showed his position. The next day, Matias Luna, then Matias Luna showed the position. Then one day, I don't know, Gabriel Almeida come and visit us. And if he coming on the drill training, I ask him to show some positions. Then myself, show one position or another. Uh, my, uh, Nagai, show one position. So I try mix all the techniques for we can all work all games. And then, little by little, everyone starts to find their own game and paths. And during the sparring and during the pohada training, I try to make sure I push them. Like, sometimes, you know, they're a little bit tired, so Mateus Gabriel don't want to train if not guy because it will be a hard training. Then I say, no, you guys going to go. Or I try to set up partners, then it's going to be a hard training, you know, because sometimes athletes, they, they get a little bit lazy, they want to a easy role and during the competition train i try set up partners that will be hard you know or like say mateus gabriel gonna fight lucas valente so i try get daniel i have on brown belts here daniel uh, he's from brazil too and he's people don't know him yet but his guard is very hard to pass very flexible so i put him to to comp to train with mateus gabriel and ask mateus gabriel to play on top then asking Mateus Gabriel to play on bottle against Matias. Then he's a very like knees light pass, like hard to sweep. And then we try mix all that, always exchange information. Like with Nagai, I learned a lot of different submission, my nose style. And when I do that, I learn a lot. So my game change a lot because these kids, you know, like when I'm gonna do seminar, everybody expected I'm gonna pull half, but they are already ready. Then I put the foot on the hip, De La Riva and beating Bolo. Like the guy, oh, Lucas does beating Bolo. <laughs> I mean, with the higher, lower belts, you know. So, yeah, yeah we try really exchange techniques, information, and be, we are very, how I can say, we very together. We, we hang out at night, we hang out on the weekends. So it a, was a good vibe, you know. What's it like rolling with Protasio, man? That guy's got a lot of energy. He's a highlight every time he goes out there to compete. What's around like with Protasio? Yeah, Protasio, he, he coming from ZR, and then he went to training Filio and Harry Carters. And then last year, I think he moved here. So he asked me, oh, can I train if you guys shoot? And, and I think Matias and Mateo, they're from the same city. So they, they're friends. So he starts coming with us. Protasio is he's funny, man. He's like, he like, 
he, he does stuff, then just he ain't gonna be able to do it. Like he's very he go with he, what he's feeling, you know. Like I feel like like let's say the Lunas, they think a lot where they're gonna put their grip, how it's gonna be. They need they wanna be precise. And Protasio is more like he just feeling how he gonna pass. And if you're asking him what you did, he don't know how to say, but he does better than everybody else. So <laughs> you never know what he's gonna do, you know, but he's very like, yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. Rando, for sure. to one side, to another, yes. What do you like? Are you master two now, Lucas? I master two, yes. Man, how are you how are you training with all these twenty twenty one year olds every day? Is that beating you <laughs> up or what? Uh, I don't train every day with you, Dan. I train like two, three times a week. Yeah. Uh, like, say, before Corona, I tried training three times a week. I used to train with much tougher guys. Not tougher, but big guys. Before Buchecha. then, was Panza, Jackson yeah. Souza, yeah, Buchecha, João Assis. So now, actually, I'm happy then I have good guys, but light weight guys for a row because Panza always coming to train with your shoe now. So he was... He was in the academy yesterday. He, he loved, Panza loved training for these kids because Panza, he tra- if, you, if you tell Panza, Panza, we're going to do 20 rows of 10 minutes. He will do 21 rows of 10 minutes. <laughs> so, and those kids are the only ones that can keep it up, train with Panza, you know. And, and Panza is not a big fan of specific training. He drive always, he tell me, Lucas, I drive 40 minutes to come into this train. I want porrada. If you guys start doing specific train, I'm going to go home. I say, okay, Panza. Then go, Panza stay in the middle. We put Mateus Gabriel, Matias, Nagai, me. And Panza, then Panza is happy, you know. <laughs> they love Panza, too. Man, before I, yeah, I knew. They respect me, too. They don't go super hard with me, you know. Sometimes they do, but... A lot of times they kind of nice with me, you know. I was hoping you were going to say they beat you up like you used to do to me. You used to kick my ass back in the day. Remember when you when I was a blue belt? You guys used to train together? Oh, all the time. Me and Lucas, 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 remember you used to come to Chicago all the time and train with all the Daisy Fresh guys used to train with oh, him too. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, him and LaPella used to come and just murder me every single summer for two weeks. Oh, that sounds awesome. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we used to a seminar at Carson Gracie, Chicago. It was fun. Training I camp miss- every single summer. Yeah, that was those were good times. Did you ever yeah, watch? Do you ever watch the move, move? The movie we made about Andrew and those guys. Did you ever see that thing? Yes, it was amazing. Dude, he knew, he, remember, he he knew them when they were blue belts. Yeah. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yes, I remember. Gosh, oh, this kid is very good. So I told Lapella, yeah, Lapella, we have to train with the blue belt, and he coming after me like blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know him for a long time. I always tell the guy, say, man, this guy is good, because a lot of people don't know him in Brazil, but we know here, you know. So I say, man. These guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> so something I wanted to get into with you, uh, how did you start training jiu-jitsu? You're from Sao Paulo, right? Yes, I'm from where, Sao Paulo. Where at in Sao Paulo? Uh, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo City. City of where, Sao Paulo. What neighborhood? Uh, Vila Romana. Okay, I don't know. It's such a big place, but I've been to Sao Paulo a few times. I love Sao Paulo. Uh, so how did you yeah, start I training? I, I started training for high and grace because I was – we was going to school and I, I, I did Kung Fu and then some friends did already Gracie Jiu Jitsu and we, we used to like challenge, you know, between the class and they always take me down and arm bar me. So I was like, dad, I want to do this Gracie Jiu Jitsu. So 
Then he signed up for High and Grace School, and I stayed there for two years. I was like 12 years old, but I never compete. I think compete one time when I was uh, 12, 13 years old. But then I probably did two years of jiu-jitsu, and then two or three years when I when I had 15 years old, I started to be like skateboarding, go to the clubs. Brazil we started very early on going to the club. <laughs> and then I probably was not doing jiu-jitsu for maybe one or two years. So my mom was a little bit worried of the nightlife. I was too young, you know, drinky, go to the club, skateboard all day. So she goes, Lucas, I want to get back to jiu-jitsu. And I say, you know what? I'm going to get back in jiu-jitsu. Then I get back in jiu-jitsu training for one guy, Matias, for one or two years. And, and w- w- the, the team was nice was very good. He's a very good coach, but we didn't have so many competition people there. It was just, they compete once, two times a year on the Sao Paulo State Tournament, and that's it. But then he becoming, like, he started to do a reality show, so he didn't want to teach anymore. So basic, he stopped to train, he stopped to coming to the academy and put somebody else that we didn't like too much. And Leo, on the same time, he moved to Sao Paulo, and so one of the black belts, not the coach, but one of the black belts, the, the only one that like competes, he said, Lucas, let's start training for Leo. He's the best. I even knew Leo. So he showed me. And then, and one day to another, we went to almost 35 people and we started training for Leo. And I was, I think I was purple belt, but I was never, I never had, when I was a blue belt, I never compete wards, anything. So with Leo, he saw me training and he kind of, oh, Lucas, I think you, 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 you would be good on the competition. I'm going to take to Rio de Janeiro to compete. And first time I competed in Rio de Janeiro, I was so scary because it was a, was a Brazilian national team tournament. And the other guys from my team are, were guys from Rio de Janeiro from the favela Cantagalo, Finfo, Gero, uh, Igor, Guga. And I was so worried because on the Brazilian national team, if you lose, your team lose, you know. So I was, I was not scary to lose just by myself, but I was scary. So, man, I coming from Rio de Janeiro, from Sao Paulo. If I lose, my teammates going to think I'm suck. So I was so scary. I ended up to win one match and lost in the final, but the team won. So we got first place. And that I was, I have a really good time. I was, we was hang out, me, Finfo, Jackson Souza was like even a, a young guy, but Gero. And after that, I started competing. And Leo used to take me to the tournaments all the time. And then, like six months after that, I compete. First time I compete on the world championship, a purple belt. I got second place. I lost for Rafael dos Anjos by one wow. vanish in the final. Wow. Yes. So we did, I think we did six mats each. And we did the final lightweight purple belt. We did the finals, and then I lost by one vanish. But that's why I, I come back so happy that I got a world championship medal, you know, because on my on my blue belt, I never compete as much. So I was happy. And then after that day, I say, Leo, I want to leave you of jiu-jitsu. Then he helped me, you know, he, he, he asked me to come in more class, to help him to teach, taking me to the tournaments. So, and then next year I compete as a brown belt, no, Latvia brown belt world champion. Also, like, was Lucas Lepre, Calazans, 
uh, all the guys wow. from Brown Bell Lightweight, and I got first place, was me and Lepre in the final. I beat him in the final. And then I won first place as a brown belt. Then it was like, I told my mom, I said, you know what? I'm going to finish my college and I'm going to live in America. I want to live up jiu-jitsu competing. And yeah, and that's, that's how I started to really decide to live up jiu-jitsu. What did you know about Leo when you went in the train with him? Did you know he was a world and ADCC champion or did you just hear there's a new guy up the street or what did you know going into it? When when I went to Leo, he already was a world champion, but he would not. He, he was famous for ADCC fights, but he didn't have a title in ADCC yet. Actually, he won the first ADCC title 2003, and I started training for him in 2002. So actually, I saw him training for the ADCC São Paulo and see him winning the ADCC in São Paulo, like my coach was very exciting and very, for me, was like a sign that, oh man, if my coach, the guy then is teaching me, he's the world champion of ADCC, oh, I'm, I'm on the right place, you know, so giving me more excitement to keep live of jiu-jitsu and stop to party, stop to do other stuff and just concentrate and train and compete. So was also like, back then was also, Terere used to train in Filio, so I used to go to TT Academy, where it was André Galvão, Robert Drysdale, Cobrinha, Lepre. So before they separate, I used to train in Terere too. I learned a lot with both, you know. Of course, Leo was my coach. He showed me most of the moves that I know, but Leo helped me a lot. Uh, Terere helped me a lot with the back attack. I feel like Terere has one of the best back attack in the world and and i still do it while he show me you know and leo the happy guard you know like he showed me how i switch the hook yeah. and, and he, yeah. he helped me to develop my game and and so yes speaking of which i know also damian huh? maya also huh? i used to train with oh, damian wow. maya every day man and damian he's very calm when he rolls so I was more aggressive, aggressive, and then he goes, let's go. And always by the end, he tapped him, you know. Like, I beat him, but in the end, he tapped and said, man, Leo, I don't know Damien. Always, he's so calm. I get in positions on him all the time, but he escaped and tapped me. So, was was good. You just brought up something that I think everybody would like to hear about because you're so famous for your half guard. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, half guard ever. And it's definitely influenced a lot of other people the way you play half guard. Uh, how did you develop your half guard game over the years? You know, I mean, when I was a blue belt, I was like, when I come back from from that, you know, stop to training, to start training again, I was like, for me, I was a little bit knucklehead, you know, like I didn't want to do anything that holding lapel or leaves. Even then, another MMA fight, for some reason, I, I try do techniques that are going to work gi and no gi, you know? For me, every time, before I train in Filio, I, I had that on my head. I don't want to rely on lapel or spider guard because, in my opinion, back then, that don't going to help me if I have to fight in the streets or save my life. So I started to play a lot of half guard because I thought I would able to use the game gi and no gi if no problem. So I and, and then when I started training for Leo, I, we were very lucky because Leo 
He was the first, one of the first coach in Sao Paulo to do a lot of no-gi training, you know? So a lot of times we have other guys, even his brother, Rico Vieira, his student, are not used to train back then, not now, back then, I'm talking about 15 years ago. They are not used to train without the gi as much as Leo used to force her to play no gi. So when I come into America, I feel very uh, glad and very grateful that my no gi and gi was the same, you know? So I had friends then coming from Brazil and start teaching America and they had to train in no gi and they didn't know how to do it. They couldn't sweep the wrestlers and I had no problem, you know? And I think a lot of Leo students are like that. João Assis, Bochecha, you know, Lapela. We always train in without the gi as the same, same number of class gi and gi for three, four, five years with Leo. And, 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 and I, I think that connection helped me to develop my healthy guard because I was able to, even then I was training for gi, I felt like that game would be, I can use gi and no gi, and then I start to develop my game from there. And then I feel like, and then I remember Leo saying, Lucas, start switching the hook, put pressure on the guy knee, and working the outside dog fight. And then I start to create a lot of transitions to go inside, and then he base, and I go back to the back. Because I really, I, one of my favorite positions, you, you know because you're training for me a lot, is the back attack. Yeah. So, the half guard that I was doing was connecting already with the bat. And then it was so easy. And, and back then, nobody knew to defend that, you know. They tried the knee cut, and I was like, round on the hook, switch the hook. And then when I sweep, they couldn't play guard because I'm already on the side. So I was able to go to the side control, they turtle, I go to the back. That's for me is when I, oh, that roll was the best. I pull half. Underhook, dog fight, roll, pass, the guy turtle, I go to the back and choke. That's my, it's all, for years, that was my goal in the match, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, I've, I've, yeah, I spent so much time learning it with you. Remember, people used to get privates, and I would be like the guy you demonstrate on and stuff. You got uh, the hookup on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, uh, <laughs> I, I actually, when I taught his stuff a lot, when I was teaching classes for Carlson, and I would describe it as like a loop. It's like a circle, right? It's like, you go for the dog fight, you go underneath, you go to the back. One of them's going to work eventually, right? As long yeah, as you keep like going after it. Now, like they say now, it's like, it's like a system, you know? Mm. Yeah. The Lucas Lay system. Uh, yeah, at one point he got mad at me because I did uh, I did uh, like a Baron Bolo or something in a tournament. And Lucas said, man, you're a half guard guy. What are you, what are you doing <laughs> that for? <laughs> like, uh, but uh, what? Uh, why? how did you start calling it the Coyote? Where did you come up with that name from? Uh, the Coyote, we start when... When I went 2007, 2007 was the first year that I competed as a black belt here in America. And I won the, 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 the Pan Am's lightweight against Formiga in the finals. Uh, and, and after that, we went to do a camp for the ADCC. I will not fight in the ADCC, but I, I was there to help. So we did a camp and Pablo, look the camp. We did a camp on the Pablo Popovich school. On the same house was me, Leo, and Marcel Lozada, Rodrigo Cavaca, André Galvão, Damian Maia, and Robert Drysdale. Wow. Yes. 
and Pablo Popovich too. And Pablo Popovich was the one that say, man, Lucas, he looked like a coyote. He bites my ankle and I can't let it go until he go to my back. And then everybody's like, oh yeah, it's the coyote, it's the coyote. He's like a coyote. And that's when the people start to call coyote guy. Coyote guy. Yeah, man, people don't know. Like when you when you uh, get what you call the knee click, when, when, when you extend that leg, that, that can hurt, man. That, that can be painful. I never thought about it like there's like a coyote's on my leg, but for sure. Uh, <laughs> What about, uh, do you ever think nowadays when you see, like, uh, that you that you wish there was more half guard out there? Do you wish more more people would, would use it? It seems like uh, a lot of young guys have gotten away from it. Yes. No, I think it's normal. You know, the jiu-jitsu change over the years. And I feel like when we have someone that is very good and half guard, uh, like Bernardo, me, Celso Vinicius. We still have some guys. I, I know Harry Cotters have one purple, a brown belt, Basha. He's super good on half guard. I still see, I still see that. I don't see too much my coyote on the black belt level, but I see a lot overall. Like you go to a tournament and you always see someone doing the knee click as a blue belt, purple belt, you know. But I think jiu-jitsu involved and, 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 and now the guard, the flexible guard becoming so strong. But even Bushesha, Bushesha is still doing some, some heavy guard. Different style than mine. He developed his own style. But Bushesha is one guy. He's one of the best in the world, in my opinion. And he still play heavy guard, until, even in ADCC. So it's not so common as you see beating Bolo and all that. Yeah. But... Yeah. Let's say when I roll with me, like right now, the guy, the kids, Mateus Gabriel, as an example, he knows my game, so it's much harder. But when he just come, he didn't have any clue what I was doing. So every time I go to the underhook, he he fall, you know. So sometimes can surprise a lot of people because right now the beating ball, everybody does. So you start to see now people are defending the beating ball a little bit more. Then the lapel guard five years ago was everybody doing. Now you see people defend a little bit more the lapel guard. But I mean, I think it's a not and it's a natural process to switching the games. You know, of course, the new generation, special lightweights, it's more about the mobility, open guard, flexibility, beating ball or spider guards, never lets the guy get in on the head guard. But always gonna have some guy that do this still doing half guard. Who do you think are some of the best? Oh, I think in, in Nogi it's way more common right now, right? Like Nogi is still very big, but who do you think are some of the best half guard players in the game out there currently? Uh, I think he, let me see. Buchecha is one of the guys. Yeah. Then he yeah. he not rely on half guard, but when he had it to use, he, I saw him sweeping Mohammed uh, Meregali. I saw his sweep, uh, a couple guys with half guard. What else? Basha, brown belt, he does a lot, but people don't know him yet. Let me think somebody else. Bernardo, eh, he's kind of retired now, but he was defending half guard. I see a lot of, I even see Shangi Ribeiro playing some half guard, DPF uh, uh, sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, Jeff Glover, he's a little yeah. bit old school too, but he yeah. used to use. Jake so, McKenzie's got a really interesting half. Yeah, it's, a lot, it's a lot different than yeah. yours, but 
Yeah, he's got a tricky you one. Talk. You always talk, you know. He, he even showed me some new stuff. Then I started putting my game because he always like, oh, Lucas, I always look up your fights back on the days. I say, yeah, now I look yours. <laughs> and yes, Jacob, so, yeah. All right, so who were some of, uh, you think, your biggest influences in your, in your jiu-jitsu career? I think it definitely uh, Leo for being my coach and on the pass and on the control system that he always show. And but for sure Terere and Marcelo Garcia was the guys that it doubt be my professor, you know, because when you say Leo, okay, just because he's his, his coach. So let's put Leo outside the 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 list. I think he, Marcelo Garcia and Terere was guys that are really Look it up. Why? Because Marcelo Garcia, he's an ex-guard. I play a lot of ex-guard. He used to play half-guard, but he have a, a super good back attack. And that's my favorite attack is the back. And Terere also, you know, he had the butterfly guard and, he, and his back attacks and his passing. So I really look it up for Terere and Marcelo Garcia a lot. Marcelo Garcia used to watch his no-gi videos i feel like marcelo garcia man people have to realize he changed the no-gi game you see gordon ryan fights you can see marcelo garcia there it's clear you know the way that he played guard i mean of course he had his style and he even get better and the best in the world right now but i can clear see he he have a marcelo garcia style I'm not saying yeah. he learned from Marcelo, don't get me wrong, but I say you have a no gi, you have, in my opinion, before Marcelo and after Marcelo. So that butterfly with the butterfly sweeps with the Catranca, then, then Gordon Ryan does, the back control that Marcelo Garcia did, the guillotina, he was one of the first guys, the South. The north-south guillotine choke, then he starts to do it. The army drags. He didn't Shaolin. So I think Marcelo Garcia, man, he, he changed the no-gi game forever, you know? Yeah, and it's like you're someone, your style, uh, you're, you really get after it. Like Sort of like when we, we had Marcelo on here recently, and he was talking about how he never wanted to let people relax or be comfortable. Mm. He was always attacking. I, f I feel like you were always like that in your matches. Like when you would get to half guard, you would start going after him right away. You wouldn't just sit there and try and hold him for a little bit, right? Yes, yes. I, I'm trying to get the smashing, force the guy to turtle for I can get in the back and keep the back. And, and yes, like I know what you mean. Like not that you're stalling, but – you move just enough to get a better control. Then you move a little bit more. Then you move. That's a little bit more style and, and Marcelo's style for sure. He's not a super speed guy. Yeah. But once he come, I, I, I was, I fight with him. So I, I felt, you know, like he's very like squeezing and keep the control. Force you to get vulnerable in your back for he can attack the back. And yes. I like that style. I use that style a lot. What do you think the biggest win of your career was? Uh, I mean, I had different, different times, you know. Like I say, when I won the world champion brown belt, lightweight. Hey, Lucas Lefkowitz. Against, 
against Lepre was big for me because that showed me that I could be a world champion in the black belt. Were and, you guys were you guys both Braza when you guys were brown belts? No, no, he was Tete. He was okay. Tete. Tete right. already separates. All right. All right, cool. And then uh, when I won the Pan Am's brown, uh, black belt 2007, was important because it was my first title. And then I closed with André Galvão that, I mean, uh, I wish we, we, I was able to do a final, but we were training together every day. And, and I ended up to beat Murilo Santana in the final and he beat Gustavo, so we closed. But I think the fight then really uh, changed my lifestyle as, as about business and sponsorship and doing seminars was when I beat Chrome Grace in the Pan Am's final. That, oh, yeah. Like, because I already, I already was world champion, Pan Am champion on the black belt, but I, I didn't have the invitations for seminars or, you know, big sponsorships. But when I beat Chrome, because Chrome was like, uh, everybody was looking for his fight, you know? Kid, yeah. Yes, and, and then when I beat him, uh, I really changed my life in about making more money, doing more seminars, and everything that. And then also against Shanji and the semis, also I feel like after I beat Shanji, I, man, that year I, beat, I did so many seminars, that's when I went to Chicago too. Like, so on that point, I think he, about name is when I beat Shanji and Chrome was one of the biggest uh, guys that I beat. You know, I feel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something I, I've always found is interesting. Why did you compete at heavyweight? Oh, that's you know why I gotta tell why. Uh, we I had I, I used to have a spar a sparring partner is very big. Like I say, even when I'm starch back in Brazil was Robert Drysdale, Damian Maia, you know, even Andre Galvão was not so big back then, but he was a little bit more buff than me. And then when I come into America, I train a lot of João Assis and then Yuri Simões, Buchecha, even Cara de Sapato was here. And then later on, Panza. And then one day, on the 2011, on the World's No Gi camp, I remember I was competing, I was training with Lapella. And I was getting frustrated. I was not able to deal with Lapella guard. Lapella, not Lapella guard, Lapella the guy guard, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the and then one of my friends, and he also was kind of mentor for me and, and, and one time of my life, Carlos Holanda, Esquisito from Manaus. Yeah. He yeah. was, he looked at that and he goes, hey, Lucas, say what's up, Carlos? You never think about competing in the higher weight division? I say, no, why? I say, look, you're training so good with those big guys. You know, sometimes I feel like you beat these big guys in the training easier than you have to beat me and Lapella. Say, why? I don't know, like they let you play your game, they wanna pass through your heavy guard. And then I say, you know what? The middle class was like packing on this War No Gi 2011. It was like, I had to do seven mats. And then I, I saw the heavyweight, I had to do like four or three mats. <laughs> and then I, I say, you know what? Carlos, I think I'm gonna try. It's worth so a I, shot. <laughs> yeah, I tried, and it was my first tournament, the War No Gi heavyweight. Uh, champion in 2011, I did the final against Tusa. Yeah, and then yeah. I won. Then I say, man, and it was 
not that it was easy, it was super hard, but the first match was easier for me than the middleweights because everybody already knew my game on middleweights. So I remember middleweights on the first match, Panams, Wards, was a final, one vanish, ref decision. And when I moved to the heavyweight, my first two, three mats was much easier. The guys didn't know what I'm doing. They turned the back easier. I got the back. I had more space. I used a little bit less X guard because they are taller than me. So I feel like I was not using my X guard. I used to use a middleweight, but I used to use a lot of uh, half guard. And then after that title, I said, you know what? I'm going to try the Penems. Then I won two Penems in the row, and I closed one with Jackson. I won two by myself, and I closed one with Jackson on the heavyweights. Then I tried on the, on the world championship, and then I couldn't win, but I got two second, second place. Of course, I still get frustrated, especially against Shanji. That, I mean, That's like, a close one. Oh my God, I still like dream sometimes, like, because I would be like one hooking and was the last minutes I was trying to choke and he did an yeah. amazing job, yeah. defend. And then the other final I did against Rodolfo Vieira. So I fought a lot of big guys. I fought Rodolfo, Xande, Romulo Barral, Braulio Estima, Tusa, Bastos. I fought so many, so many big guys. And yeah, so, but special for, I felt like my submission rates on heavyweight was much higher than middleweight. So when you were fighting Hadolfo and Janji, I mean, yeah, that, that Janji world final hurt me too, because I was friends with you already at that point. I remember watching it live. I was like, oh shit, he's going to get him. Cause right there at the end, you were so close. But, uh, Adolfo and Janji, when you're fighting these guys at heavyweight, how much did you weigh? Were you still middleweight size? You seemed like it. Yes. I was like. One seven eight, one eighty. Just fighting yeah, awful. So it's like an absolute <laughs> your weight your weight class is like an absolute division. Did you feel like your half guard game worked better against bigger guys because maybe they tried to smash you a little bit more instead yeah, of standing up? Few, not not against Hodo. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel I feel I feel like I feel like they have weights normally not gonna because Hodolfo is an expansion. Let's Think about if you get 15 heavyweights and 15 middleweights that are competing on the Pan Ams. Normally, the heavyweights, they first, they let me pull guard. Where the middleweights, most of the people already was double pull with me because they don't want to play the half guard game. So that's, that's one point. Second, when they do play guard, the middleweights are more flexible, spy the guard situation. When they heavyweights, they have more butterfly, close guard, or half guard, where guards then, I think for me, was better. I conquered the half guard. And second, they give a little bit more the back than the, the, the middleweight. Almost like that. Did you try get the girls, the black belt girls back? See how hard it is to get, because they are so flexible on their hips. It's very hard to put, like if you roll with Michelle Nicolini or Natalie, my girlfriend, man, it's so hard to put the boat hooks. They are so flexible. And the guys a little bit too, the lightweight guys are much more flexible than the heavyweight guys. So also I think it's easier to put the hooks and get the choke from a heavyweight than a middleweight. But of course, 
They are heavy on the pressure. If you don't know how to deal with that pressure, but again, I used to train in Fibuchecha, João Assis, you know, Robert Drysdale for every day. Like we used to train hard. Me and Bushesha, 2012, we used to train like sometimes it was just me and him, you know, but in 2012, when he started to live here, was I remember Sunday. I used to tell him, Bushesha, let's train. And then we went to the academy. He knows if you ask him, he knows. And he used to do like five rounds of 10 minutes, just me and Bushesha. Like, blah, he smashed me, but. So in my, my head, I say, nobody gonna have more pressure than Bushesha. And then when you go to a lightweight, they pull guard and do the last. and you say, what, man? You go to one side, you go to another, you try uh, uh, smashing pass, they don't feel nothing. So I was, you know what? I prefer fight heavyweight. So I start to compete heavyweight for the, the rest of my career, almost. Yeah, well, I mean, it worked out well for you. I, uh, we pulled up a couple matches here. Uh, to play, to let you watch some stuff, some ones where you did good. This is from Worlds. You did it actually middleweight this year, but this is you versus Dara. This is, uh, so we'll play this and you could talk about what's going on or whatever. What do you remember yeah, about this match? Was, that was middleweight. So yeah. he, he played a game that I really like to, to, to do it. That's a butterfly. And Lapella do a lot of this game. So I think I, I don't know if he's sweeping me or not, but. I like to pass this kind of game. Yeah. But yeah, he's sweeping me. Yeah, so... Lapella just fought Dara this year, first round at Euros, I remember. That's right. That was a crazy, Masters division. Yeah, crazy first round match, yeah. Oh, right to, I... your, right to your half guard? Yeah, I was trying to do an X single, kind of. Yeah. Then he had a good base. I don't remember how this fight was. You end, so, up, scoring yeah, nine, was... You end up scoring nine points, so I'm sure, pretty sure you do something good. At this yeah. point, guys got to know your game, right? I mean, this yeah, is... Yeah, no, he knows my game. And, and like I say, not everybody feel good there. I feel very good. You see how I bring him to the other side first. Yeah. I don't go straight to the underhook. I have it to make it he post. So once he posts, I'm able to enter my game. Right here. Now I got I got my game. I did the knee click. Yep, there's a classic sweep. And the good thing about sweep, when I sweep, I kind of getting a good angle. Beautiful. Yeah, so... Yeah, there is I one was, thing about half-guard sweeps, right? You usually land in a good place off of half-guard sweeps. Yeah. And then, yeah, he tried and do the X single. I try opening my left knee for don't let it go to a foot lock and try leg waiver, folding pass. I love the folding pass. Like, try using my hip to keep his knees together so I can clear the hook and go to the back. But he doing an amazing job to, to avoid that. And remember, like uh, ten minutes match takes time, you know. Like I'm, I'm a, I know Bushesha on his interview. He say he like six minutes match. I, I, I think finals world champion. He gonna talk shit if he see that, but it's okay. I think you should. They should put fifty minutes match for a for a black belt finals. You know. You want more time? I you just made him mad. <laughs> Bushesha wouldn't like that. <laughs> No, he doesn't like, but I mean, it's my opinion. I understand the six minutes is nicer to watch, but I think the 15 minutes is the real jiu-jitsu. Who is really better on that day, you know? For sure, for sure. Yeah, and that, I try to do that. I don't know how you guys call this pass. I control the bottle leg and collar. And... Yeah, I just call it cross, cross grip. A lot of people call it. I don't know. 
Heard, heard people call it Crazy Dog Pass, but yeah. Crazy Dog Pass? Yeah, that's what the Mendez brothers call it when they, when they teach it. I didn't Keenan know that. called it the other day, too, but I just call it a cross grip pass. I like that, yeah. yeah. And then I try to do the chiropractor position there. Chiropractor so, yeah, sounds like, early. <laughs> yeah, like I say, like I say, you, we, 10 minutes mats, you really have to learn how to pace yourself. Because some guys, like I say, six minutes, they have a lot of power. Let's say when I when I roll with the kids, you you think it's funny, but it's true. Like Mateus Gabriel, I prefer roll with him 15 minutes than six minutes. Six minutes, he's gonna explode so much. I, I almost die. When <laughs> I have more chance when the match is longer with these kids, I feel like. Makes sense. Man, that crossface looked pretty tough right there a second ago. I'm surprised he got out of that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He he I'm very good on defend the cross face and oh. uh, putting my shins very hard to, to get me on, on guillotina, cross face. I think because I did a lot of half guard, so I had to develop, uh, you know, putting my shin, protecting here. So he, he felt like he had, but he just choked here and I'm used that to advance to a better position. Now I got uh, the, the, the position that I like to do the chiropractor. So I got a good shoulder pressure, controlling his bottom leg and using my hips. So almost like if I want to crack his back on the chiropractor. Normally, I try to go to the mount. It looks awful. To- yeah, this is, this is where I've been many times. Lucas smashed me. This is like when Lucas would do this to me. It's like what Janji said yesterday where uh, you can only move your eyes. <laughs> you got to do it on the other side in the practice so you get both sides aligned. Otherwise, the Chiropractor, I like that name. Yes, I learned, I, you know, Leo used to show this position a lot, but Andre Galvão used to do it for me, this position a lot. So I learned a lot also by training with Galvão back when we were Braza. This, this pass, he does so well too, you know. Yeah, so I, he's fighting pretty good here. Yeah, then I control the bottle leg. Looks like now you're going to get the three. Yeah. No, not. That's- there it is. Yeah. This, is, this is back when Darrow was a barrow. I completely forgot that he was a barrow. Yeah, he was a barrow. He was a barrow. Yeah, he was a barrow. That was, how, how many minutes was that? That was over three minutes on that one passing sequence, man. That was that was a long three minutes yeah, for yeah. Barrow right there. Yeah, that that was tough. Yeah. You can see he's not, yeah, he's not feeling great yeah. down there. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Like My style was a little bit like that. That's why I like more time, you know, to work, to... Feeling the time, you know, like, you see, first he's sweeping me, but then the second time I sweep him back, then I start to kind of figure out his game more, and then I was able to, he starts to get a little bit more tired, so I was able to use my hips better to put him on the chiropractor position. Something that Shanji talked about a little bit too, like, we haven't gone backwards. You, you swept, and now you've passed. And now you're passing again. You never really like lost ground. You're always moving forward to your ultimate goal. Yes, yes. I am a big fan of uh, Shanjin uh, game, you know. Like, I, I like the old school smashing pass, mount, side control, back. But Yeah, but I, like I say, I learned a lot with Mateus Gabriel and the Lunas and the guys. The fast pace, De La Riva guard, foot locks, Tima locks. So they helping me to, to keep my, my jiu-jitsu updated for the new generation, you know. I'm so glad and have these kids to train 
Even then, my body's not so glad. <laughs> Are we back my... in the chiropractor? Is it chiropractor yeah. again? Yeah, we're back. And, and that's position, guys. That's what I talk about the time. This is pounding the guy. He's getting tired, you know, like he recovered, but now he's tighter than, than before. Now I do the folding pass. His butterfly is annoying. Back flap. I think you're going to get the back eventually because you scored nine points, I believe. I think you went nine yeah, to I two. So I th or the back or the pass again, but that I think was the first match. So we were also <sighs> warming up, yeah. trying to you know, get the... Because world champion, like, let's say, five mats of 10 minutes, if you go fast, pace right away, you get tired, you know? You you yeah. can't. And a lot of guys cut weight. This would be Saturday, so a lot of guys cut a lot of weight to make it on Saturday. And then there's right. coming well, from Ireland, too. <laughs> I use a lot of hips. So now I figured out his butterfly. I use a lot of hips, forcing him to keep his knees together and going to the pass already. I think I'm going to pass or I go to the back. So I was it's like, like another really comfortable already there. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Leg man. Wind. This is a clinic on using that folding pass and the windshield wiper and everything. Yes. Now he's going to, yes, enter the knee, switch the hook, and let's go to the game. That's beautiful. That was beautiful footwork the entire time. When you're going from the folding pass, your windshield wiper and over. Chess is fighting on the other mat. Look at that. <laughs> I think he's here. Let me see. Is that Buchecha in the Maybe. Hayabusa gi? Or Jackson Souls. I know it's some Czech match, guys. That's fun. I miss, man. I miss the competing, you know, with my friends. That yeah, first tournament's going to be so fun, man. I cannot wait to come back. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm pretty sure that's Buchecha back there. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, like, so... A lot of times world championship on the first match, you have it to feel in your body, you know, like breathe. I, sure. I think sure. that my game is a lot about control, you know, like figure out the guy, guard, put myself, try force the, the guy to turtle. That's my ultimate goal. Force the guy to turtle for I can attack the hooks and try the choke. Like uh, uh, right there, I feel the heavyweights is easier to get the submission than the the middleweights. I feel. So let's go. Uh, I think this is basically from here. You just control his back until the end. Let's go to the next one. The next one is you versus uh, Vinicius Mourinho from the same tournament. The next match. Oh yeah, yeah. This I think this was the very next match, right? Yeah, that that yeah yeah that one. Remember, I got his back from the half guard. He's a GF yeah, team guy, it? right? Yes, yeah, GF team guy. I pull right away. Right to the half guard. The half. <laughs> I keep doing the same thing. Right now, he, he do that thing, so I have it to put him to the other side and then go again. You see, my hand is going, but I don't have any click yet. So I try putting him to the other side. Yes. Now I will be able to lock, to switch my, my hook. I bring back the all GFT guys. They like the knee cut pass. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it when people go after your uh, half guard with a knee cut? I like, I like, I like because I'm used to, to stay there. I prefer than when they try pass Torreando outside, mm -hmm. you know. 
Absolutely. That's giving me more problem than when they want to go through my half guard. Absolutely. Like one guy then I used to compete, me and Durinho. Durinho. I would compete yeah. three times. He beat me two, I beat him one, but I had to change my game with Durinho because I fought for him one weekend and I tried to play half guard and I couldn't find his legs. It was one Abu Dhabi trial. And he was moving around. I think he won by by advantage or something like that. And I was so frustrated. And next weekend, I have to face him again on the Pan Ams. So I say, you know what? I'm going to play Spider. Because I saw he fight against Michael Lang. So I was able to play Spider and did a homoplata. I didn't finish him, but I sweep. And then I won. But he was one guy that was barely impossible to keep him in your heavy guard. You try get his legs and he's already like moving around you. I <laughs> having to change the game. Yeah. So he does a very good, like Rodolfo does that yeah, very he's got well. The, the cross grip and the, and the collar. But I, I try to keep my patience. So when he pull my leaves and he keep the collar, I keep holding his knee and go to the dog fight. Yes, right yeah. there. Then I... I think I'm gonna hit the over under pass. Yeah, over under and half guard work pretty well together, right? Yeah, it's like Bernardo style, yeah. Yeah. But I do the over under to try go to the back more than actually work the pass, you know. Do you do that here? Like, do you go to the back from over under here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I force him to turtle and then I move to the back. I think I, I think that's what I'm going to do that. I don't remember. But I try shut down his guard, do that smashing pass. I was worried about he go under me, so I was passing very old school, very with my hips very low, going to one side, to another. It's very hard to play guard when you do that grip. You see, all he had to do is frame but he doesn't have too, much, too many attacks. So I'm interested to know what. You end up getting a submission here, I know that. Yes, yes, on the back, but. Why didn't yeah. you go middleweight this year? Because you took second in the world at heavyweight the year before. Why did you drop that? Uh, because I did, I did my hip surgery. Oh, okay. I, I, I was hurt. Yeah. So was, I was avoid big guys when I come back for my hip surgery, you know. Right. Actually, I did the hip surgery after that tournament. This, but I was my hip was very painful, and I that's one of the reasons that I started to compete. I had like a bulging disc on my back, mm. and I had to do a hip surgery for labrum tear. So oh, wow. that uh, took me a good two years after the surgery for I'm able to to start training hard again. Man, yeah. I guess all those tra years training with Buchecho mess up your back and hips, huh? Yeah, not just that, but... Half guard's kind of tough on your body, too, right? I mean, there's a lot of pressure all the time, like, you're twisting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all, all the guards is kind of tough. Upside-down <laughs> guard is also tough for the lower back, you know, but it we are professional athletes, and it's normal. I, I was a little bit overtraining all my life too you know i i feel like the new generation is a little bit more smart about what they do you know like back then now we have instagram so we know what the world champions doing how they training they lift more 
Back then, I used to run, swimming, training three times a day, porrada. I didn't care if the guy was heavy or light. I didn't have massage or physiotherapy. I was a little bit dumb on that on that part. I learned my lesson and I tried to tell that for the kids too, like how it's important to take care of your body. You know, I think people have more information about how you train. Back then, we think just hard, hard, hard. So, but I mean, not, I'm not the only one that had to do surgery because you shit, so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know a lot of guys. I did just the hip. Opa, he almost got me. I was able to defend. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> yeah. So, like I say, my, my style is, is, was very like sweep and pounding the guy guard little by little. I try not exposing myself too much when I pass. I know sometimes making the fight be a little bit slow. But yeah, now I got the grip. I know he's gonna give me the back, I just don't know when. But that's, yeah, that's for my style, like keeping the pressure, because the guy's leg starts becoming tired too after five minutes putting pressure, you know? Let yeah, me I mean, see. you're so patient. A lot of guys would have would have gotten a little crazier, but yeah, you that's, just... that's what I got. You see, again, mm. I was able to keep the pressure until he giving me the turtle, and that's when I do my favorite attack. That's the back. And it was quick. I mean, it didn't take long once you got that. It was very... Yeah, he, was, he was tired. He, when I got his back, I I feel because I think I was that... Four, I was like five or six minutes trying pass, and he pushed me, and yeah. So, that, 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 like I say, like you say, Marcelo doing different, but he a little bit have that style of, he doesn't go to the pass right away, he conquer, he feel you, and you get frustrated, then you end up to give it back. That's why I feel like Marcelo was one of the guys that I really look it up to, to try, you know, see what he was doing and try copy or try bring to my own game. Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, so what is uh, going on with you? Are we going to see Lucas Lage competing again anytime soon? Are you going to come back and do Master World? Are you going to do Super Fights? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I sometimes I miss compete, sometimes not. The pressure and the, I feel like when I'm competing, I'm a little bit selfish. So I'm, I'm not good as a, coaching the guys, especially now that I have a lot of pro athletes train with me. But in the other hand, I miss competing. I was I was looking to compete masters this year on Pan Ams or Worlds or Bolts, you know, and but on the same time I felt like like I told you guys before, the reason why I think Czech Matt is doing better on the lower division is because me, João, Lapela, Leo, we stop to compete and we have more time to coach, take care of the students. Uh, so that's the only thing that I have to make sure because when I compete on the Pan Ams, even in his master, it's too hard, but I have a lot of athletes and normal students that going to compete and I have to push the training for them. Then when you compete, you think more about yourself. So, 
that's the reason why I, I don't compete as much as before. Yeah, you got to make a choice, right? You got to make that sacrifice, either focus on yourself yeah, or focus on those people, guys. Yeah, some people do both, but I feel like when I'm not competing, I'm, I'm for sure I'm a better coach. I'm better in leading the athletes and be on the tournament coach all day. Also, you know, when you compete the next day, you don't want to do that. You put somebody else, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you, you know your face is going to be there next day, so you don't want to stay 10 hours, stand up, screen for your students if you have to compete 9 a.m. next day, you know? So... Absolutely. Well, I think we're uh yeah, just about winding almost, down almost here. Almost done. Almost wrapping up. Yeah, maybe to close it out, Lucas, we'll let you give a little message to everybody out there, all your fans watching, and everybody. It's exciting times. Jiu-Jitsu is coming back a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, go ahead and, and give a little message to everybody to wrap it up for us. Oh, I just want to be. I, I want to thank all the fans. You know, guys, then 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 messaging me on Instagram. Uh, a lot of guys then buy my DVDs. I have three DVDs with BJJ Fanatics. They, you know, they help me a lot, special this time. You know, I, 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 I've been selling good these DVDs, special the first one they had to go out. So I, I want to be thankful to the Jiu-Jitsu community and thankful to still a lot of guys playing half guard. Sometimes not the professionals are dudes, but blue, purple, brown, black belt, master, one, two, three, they love half guard. When, when, when someone messaged me, oh, Lucas, I'm, I'm doing your game. I bought your DVDs. I want to do an online private because now with Zoom, I've been doing some online private. I know for sure he's a guy then over 35, then he's not so flexible and he does, he, he does have to all his life. So I'm glad for those people, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to answer all the fans that want to ask questions about FGUAR game on Instagram. And also, I want to thank you to all the partners that I had in my life. My coach, Leo, you know, uh, Buchecha, Robert Drysdale, Galvão, Damien, all the guys that I've been training. Also, the guys that I've been training now, Daniel, Paulo, Matias, Matheus Gabriel, na guys. And what else? Lapela, my brother, you know, uh, he helped me a lot, especially with business. He's the one that making me organize my academy. And, oh, Lucas, you have to open an academy. And thank you guys for glapping to do an amazing job, you know, by... Uh, I know sometimes, you know, a lot of people like, oh, they think, you know, you guys favorite some guys or not. I'm one guy that I, I don't believe too much that. I, I, of course, I, I sometimes like, like a guy like Mateus Gabriel, I feel like, but I think people should realize like it's very hard to do what he did such a young age becoming a black belt and uh, 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 Pan Am's world champion uh, so but I think you guys being doing very good and, and, and put all guys you know then being shining right now not just Americans not just Brazilian and put up with this podcasting you know I've been watching a lot of them so I, I really think, you know, I like all, all, always when you guys do the Portuguese ones too because a lot of guys in Brazil love flow grappling and love jiu-jitsu. And I always tell, you know what I tell my, 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 my students then sometimes they, oh, flow grappling just can by the Americans, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you hear that. I feel like it's normal, you know, because you guys are American media right now. You know, it's normal like in Brazil. 
If you go to a surf media in Brazil, they're going to talk more about Medina than anybody else, you know? So I really feel like what when you guys start doing Portuguese podcasts and doing more specific for the Brazilians, I think that is going to be the way to connect everybody, you know, because that's what Jiu-Jitsu is about, you know, connection between people. So you go to places where you train with uh, Muslim, Christian, Jew on the same room, you know, uh, Mexicans, Brazilians, all kind of races, rich and poor. Jiu-Jitsu is for everybody, you know, and yeah. so... Yeah. I think you guys do an amazing job and, and 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 that's it. Just keep it up and hope everything get back normal as soon as possible. Yeah, we appreciate the kind words, but don't worry about it. We're used to it. Every single every <laughs> single team thinks that we like all the other teams and don't like them. That's just that's just how it goes. But, uh, the uh Lucas, man, uh, really love, appreciate the time. Man. Love talking yeah. to you, man. We got to have you back on. That was a very fun time talking. Tell everybody out there, Lapella, everybody. I said, hey, hopefully I see you guys soon. I'll be seeing Mateus next week. Actually, I'll be seeing the guy tomorrow, Samuel the guy, and then uh, Mateus Gabriel next week at Fight to Win. So and maybe even you up there someday soon. Hopefully, Lucas Lage coming yeah. back soon. You guys, you guys promised then you guys gonna come one day and film our training here. I told you for pants. I told you around <laughs> pants. And what? what? Pants. Yeah, yeah, but hey. One Next one day, time. one day they'll have tournaments for in California. We definitely want to come to La Habra because you got a killer crew out there. I mean, that's that's for one sure, of the best sure. young groups. I mean, you're talking about the Luna Brothers, Mateus Gabriel, Nagai, Protagio. That's one of the best young groups of athletes out there. 100%, anyway, hundred percent. But all uh, right, Lucas. Well, we're gonna let you go and close out the show. Appreciate the time, man. Really learned a lot today, and we'll, we'll hopefully see you at an event soon. Absolutely. Okay. Thank Thanks, you, Lucas. guys. Have a good day. Oh. Man, great time talking to a legend there. It's yeah. rare you get to actually sit down with somebody who has such an impact on the sport. I mean, the modern half guard is basically all Lucas Leach. Really cool stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like we said earlier, you got a lot of cool stuff coming up. That Keenan film came out last night. Uh, Ronin, absolutely. Watch that stuff. Yeah, fight to win this weekend, fight to win next weekend, third coast next month. If you haven't watched Into the Wormhole, new Keenan show, yeah. a lot of breakdowns there, a lot of insight Pretty into how he stuff. thinks about jiu-jitsu. I mean, there's so much cool stuff coming. Got a couple films on the way that Isn't we it? have aren't quite ready to tease yet, but they're they're not too far from being finished. Into the Wormhole is intense. I can't I can't stop paying attention because I'm going to lose track. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jits King coming. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of fun stuff. Who's number one announcement coming soon? All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Who's Number One. You can find uh, the replay, all the things coming, all the news, results, events, whatever you want on flowgalloping.com. And we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Thanks for watching.